So there's something going on. The more I watch this series, the more I'm puzzled. I still enjoy it. However, this quote unquote second season seems to be throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. This particular episode is called Triangle. I I wish we had skipped this, but in all fairness, I have experienced TV after this golden age. The writers had plenty of time. They understood the formula. By the time I started watching television like that, like deeply being invested, you know, chatting with my friends over lunch to see what's going to happen on 90210 or et cetera. Writers had understood the formula. They understood to add a little bit of drama in every single episode. This is not happening season two of Dallas. However, Triangle was a pleasant surprise. Before we get started, of course, I hope you have grabbed something bubbly and effervescent or just refreshing because it's summer. Summer's a time to just loosen up and lighten up. Doesn't feel that way once you become an adult. I tell you what, I think about, I still get the the same, you know that feeling you get on Christmas Eve? I have that feeling every year about mid-May. I'm excited for summer as if that means I don't have to clock in. I still do. But, you know, hopefully one day I won't have to do that. I hope you all are enjoying your summer, especially after the last two years. If you want to be out in the world and mix and mingle, seems like the world's opening up. If you want to stay home, I respect it because, baby, I'm going to be right there with you. I do not do triple digit heat under any circumstances other than birthday parties, loved ones, baseball, whatever game. If I don't absolutely have to be outside, trust me, I'm not. Not in triple digit heat. Anyway, today it is Topo Chico and fresh cut pineapple. If you are over the drinking age, wherever you are, feel free to pull it up. I would, but again, it's too hot. I, I don't drink when it's hot. It's just, it makes me, makes me feel like I have a lot of cough syrup in my system or something. Anyway, you did not come to hear about the inner workings of my intestines. We came to talk about Dallas. So this episode called Triangle was actually pretty good. This is one of the pieces of spaghetti that actually stuck on the wall. And it made a lot more sense as you watch the episode. I actually watched this one with my husband. And as I'm watching the show, oh, y'all, y'all, there I go. I forgot to mention that Triangle, which is, I believe, episode 11 on season two, is a musical extravaganza. I know what you're thinking, but wait, Jet, didn't we just have a musical episode a few episodes back when Lucy was kidnapped? You're right. And this is my only thought. I'm thinking that these people, the, the show is probably is actually shot in Hollywood. They're thinking to themselves, we have to differentiate this in some way. They're in Texas. We got the cattle. We got the cowboys. We got the oil. We got the the Romeo and Juliet story. All we're missing is fanfare, country, and Western music. So this opens up with a country and Western song. I And I'm saying, I feel like country is different than country and Western. You feel me? You feel me? So the woman's singing her heart out in this cheap little dive, and you see Ray beaming with pride. He's always smiling, so it's not really that different. I actually didn't clock it the first time I watched it, but... Ray is grinning from ear to ear and there's this woman on stage, this cute woman, and she's singing her little heart out in her country and western tune. I got a song to sing to my sweetheart. To me, that's country and western (laughs) versus just regular country like today's country. 
So she's singing her little tune. And Ray is just enjoying every moment of it. He's beaming with pride. And I'm telling my husband, like, who is that? I know that lady. Baby, do you know it's red from orange is a new black? I was shook. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. She's, I, I knew she'd been in the game for a long time. I'll have to do a little digging, but it's awesome that she's on this show. So her name is Garnett, which I think is one of the dopest names ever. Don't know anyone other than Kevin Garnett with that actual name. But she's a uh, an up-and-coming country and western singer. She does all the little dive bars in Dallas. And somehow she and Ray have hooked up, not surprisingly, because he and JR hook up with any and everything. So Triangle is basically laying out for the audience the dynamic between Ray and JR. If you'll remember... One of my favorite episodes, The Winds of Vengeance. Ray and JR were in a little hotel with a couple of married, maybe, maybe not married women down in Waco. They do their running and round together. But what you see here is that Ray has fallen in love. Fallen in love so much that he thinks this might be the one. Here's the tea though. Good writing. I don't know who wrote this episode. I may look it up. I may not. It doesn't really matter. But the T is that Garnett grew up in the same hood, trailer park, wherever, as Pam. And according to this episode, girls like that only have one thing in mind. They're trying to survive. They'll do something strange for a little bit of change. Let this episode tell it. So two things are revealed during this episode. The first being that Jock pulls Ray aside at some point and he's like, hey, I want to gift you this large portion of land. You can have the Northwest, y'all, I'm not going to tell you exactly where it is because I don't know. You can have this piece out of our land. You can have a little piece of South Fork all for you, Ray. You've been like a son to me. You've been working very hard for the last 15 years. So we're supposed to believe that Ray is 30 because he showed up at 15. I don't know if the water was harder back in the day, but he don't, he looked, if I had to guess, First off, let's remove the stigma from age. Ray, I would say maybe he's in his 30s. He does look like a preemie. He's definitely got the gray hair showing up earlier. Irrelevant. Ray has been there since he's been 15 years old and Jock sees him as a son. Ray and JR like to chase loose women on the side and they have that kind of camaraderie until today, until Garnett shows up. So Garnett and Ray are laying in bed post-coitus and he's telling her, you know, his life feels a little bit different now because he's like, I actually have, I have land now. I'm a landowner. I have, which is important in America. You know what I mean? He has a piece of the American dream and he wants to build the rest of it. All he needs is one wife and 2.5 kids and Garnett looks like the perfect vessel for those children. The only problem is there's a barbecue at the Ewings and Ray brings Garnett. This is when Garnett bumps into Pam and Pam tries to be hoity-toity and tell her, you know, are you only with Ray because he's a come up? And this is, okay, actually I said there's two things. There's probably three things revealed. We are to believe in the cleanest, most Brady Bunch way that Pam was a very loose and wild woman from the wrong side of the tracks. It is solidified when she speaks to Garnett because Garnett pulls her aside. They have a little moment at this barbecue. This may be the same barbecue she was stressing out. <laughs> she was stressing out about when uh, Sue Ellen went off on her that last 
I can't remember what episode that was. But they have a conversation woman to woman. And Garnett basically says to Pam, wow, I'm impressed. I see where you at, girl. I see you. I see you. Who would have thought you'd end up here from where we came from? And Pam is like, I appreciate that. That's cute. That's whatever. But what are you doing with Ray? Is he just a step on the ladder? And she's like, look, not everybody can bag a Bobby. I work for a living. I sing. I'm not taking anything from anybody. But you better believe if the opportunity presents itself, I'm going to take the opportunity over Ray 11 times out of 10. And so Pam, she she mentions it to Bobby and Bobby feels a little bit of a way. Of course, Lucy is jealous, but we'll get to that later. Like, the, I just don't understand where they're going with her. This episode is about J.R. and Ray. So J.R. sets eyes on Garnett at the party. He pulls her aside. They have a dance. And he offers her, he propositions her, if you will. You're into music. I think Ewing Oil may branch out. We might start producing music. Would you be interested in signing with us? Now, this girl, after she, she just talked to Pam. This is the thing. Had she never gone to this barbecue, who knows what she would have said? Who knows if this would have just turned into a, one of many one night stands for JR. But what happens is because she knows Pam, she and Pam grew up together. She sees Pam's come up and she immediately thinks, I would have, man, she's probably doing the math in her head. I'd have to sing four times a night for the next four years to get even close to this. So she takes JR up on his offer. And when I tell you, this is one of the worst contracts in history, but she signs it. JR and she agree that for 25% of her profits, he will back her musically and he will have full access to her <clears throat> services. And by services, he sure don't mean she's gonna sing and dance to him. You know what it is. He don't want to hear her voice. Yes, she sings with a pretty voice. He's interested in something else. So it takes Ray a little bit of time to realize what's going on. He puts two and two together once uh, JR sends him out west to Odessa, which is about six hours away from Dallas to go look at a cow. Ray drives all. Can you imagine? Imagine this. You wake up at 8 a.m., you find out about 9.30 that you need to be on the other side of the state. So that would put him in Odessa at what? By about 3.30, 4 o'clock, he's in Odessa. He goes up to this guy's house and the guy is like, I'm not selling no cattle. What are you talking about? And Ray's like, JR told me to come check it out. Dude's like, dude, I'm so sorry you drove all this way. Why don't you just stay the night? Like, you won't even be back to Dallas until like 10, 11 if you eat like 11, 30, 12, why don't you just stay the night? Don't worry about it. Ray is up on game. He understands what's going to happen. So he immediately jumps back in the truck, drives back to Dallas just in enough time, of course, to find JR in bed with Garnett. Proceeds to try to beat the brakes and choke the life out of JR, only to, to be stopped by Bobby, who had this sixth sense, this for whatever reason. It, it's ridiculous. The writing on this was a little bit weak, but it was fun to see red from Orange is the New Black. And what this episode actually does is it establishes Ray as one of the potential people who could have shot JR. 
I don't know how I've managed, probably because I'm not prying. I don't know who shot JR and I'm so excited about that. I've actually coaxed my husband into watching a few of the episodes. Did you hear the way I said that? I've actually coaxed my husband. (laughs) I've convinced my husband to watch a few episodes with me. And the la- I would say about the last four or five episodes, he JR has pissed off multiple people. So it could be any and everybody, but it finally, it brings to the forefront, Ray is no longer his homeboy. He's not his running around pal. Ray vows to destroy him. He basically vows to destroy him. If not for Bobby coming to save him and Bobby's putting, you know, a little something in his ear about, how much Jock cares for him and Jock's not going to like if you beat down JR. This It is what it is. Lucy is concerning me because every episode she gets a little bit dimmer. She gets a little bit more dumb and they're trying to make her more and more childlike, even though we know she just turned 18 and she's had a full on affair with Ray. Not that that makes her an adult or anything, but you give her such an adult storyline And then every episode, I think I'm on like episode seven. No, let me look. I'm on episode 15. And they just make her more and more childlike as the episodes progress, which is really weird because she would, she would be about to graduate. She should be graduating at any point. I don't really, I don't know what's going on here. It's just, I can't help but think to myself, they didn't really know where this was going to go. This is really the act of a network trying to just put pump out as many episodes as possible. And here's a funny thing. There was actually no competition at this point. So they could have gone anywhere and done anything, which is probably why it feels like it's such a stutter step to watch this particular episode. Well, this episode wasn't so bad, but the next a doozy. I sure hope you like this thing in on episode number 11. Got orange is the new black, singing for a life in heaven. She wants to be a country and western singing star. So she signed her name on the dotted line. Then she slept with JR. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The next episode, episode 12, season two, is called Fallen Idol. So Bobby's minding his business, being the baby brother, waiting outside JR's office patiently. Of course, JR is too busy. He's probably not even there. It doesn't matter, okay? Here's the theme of this show. JR pretends to have meetings. Meetings for JR means he's either hooking up with one of his side pieces or he's out drinking with a bunch of yokels. So Bobby goes downstairs and he enters the busy, busting, booming metropolis of Dallas, Texas, downtown. And all of a sudden he hears someone say, Bobby, Bobby. He turns around just in enough time to catch a football being hurled through the air on a busy afternoon. Yeah, make that make sense. Now, who would have the audacity to throw a football in the middle of downtown Dallas at high noon? Was it Troy Aikman? No. Was it Tony Romo? No. None other than his long lost homeboy, Guzzler. That's right, Guzzler. G U Z Z L E R. Hurled a football. So to me, let's, I'm going to be picky. I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be that person. Was this dude just chilling outside the office in a three-piece suit waiting until he saw Bobby? 
Why not go up to the office? Why throw a football? What if, <laughs> I almost said, what if Bobby was on the phone, but it's 1978. So I guess that's okay. Let me shut up. Let me sit down. As my mom would say, let me stay out of grown folks business. This basic, this episode is basically Bobby's old friend, not only a friend, this was a guy that he actually looked up to. This was a mentor of his back in the day, shows up and he's fallen on hard times. Now, Bobby peeps this early on and he wants to help the guy out. So he invites Guzzler to not only stay at South Fork, but he wants him to, you know, be a partner with the new construction company that Bobby is building because he knows that Guzzler has some, he's got some, he's done other things, but they've never been fully successful. And it's that old saying, like, never meet your idols because they'll let you down. I think that's different if you've admired someone and you've watched them rise, like your older sister and older cousin, just someone you really admired who's been tangible, who's been in your life. You're always going to look at them in that way. You always will. It may be sad if they fall on hard times. And it's just like, I think it's a natural inclination to want to help those who you love who fallen on hard times. So that's basically all that episode is about. Bobby wants to help his friend who's actually out of money. He doesn't have a lot going for himself, but it doesn't work out. Nothing much else comes of this. I will say though, this guy has a beautiful, beautiful fro. It rivals Chance Giaberte's and Angela Channing's, but I mean, his isn't as tight. It's definitely a little more, you know, it's a little more windblown. He's got a little whiplash going, but Bobby has stars in his eyes. This guy actually looks much older than him. He looks much, much older. I can't tell if his hair is gray or not, but God, it's really sad. Like he's reliving the old days. And it makes me think for all of you who are late bloomers, I am, are you not grateful for that? I am. I'm, I'm so glad that I didn't peak at like 15. And I will say this. I think if you think you've peaked at 15 and you stop trying, then you have, but let every season of your life just be that. You can shine in all seasons at all times. You know, you just got to understand who you are and what you want and go for it. You know what I'm saying? So that is Fallen Idol, which is season two, episode 12. There's really not much to report there. Before we get back to the show, you've been listening to me for 20 minutes. When do I get to hear your podcast? Buzzsprout can help you launch a professional podcast in no time. They've already helped over 100,000 people successfully start their very first show. Why not you? I know that a podcast may seem complicated, but it doesn't have to be. You can start today with whatever microphone you have in a quiet place in your house. If you want to upgrade your equipment later, Buzzsprout has a detailed how-to guide so you can do just that. In addition to helping you sort out your equipment issues, Buzzsprout has an impressive resource tab and a weekly newsletter, which includes videos, blogs, and podcasts on topics such as how to write your show notes and the best way to market your show. They also have an easy to understand analytics that helps you track your progress over time. And you can see where in the world your show is being downloaded. Have to admit that's still my favorite feature. Shout out to Australia. Buzzsprout will also get your show listed on every major podcast platform. You get a beautiful podcast website and audio players that you can drop into other websites. Podcasting is not hard and doesn't have to be, especially with Buzzsprout's super passionate team behind you. So Buzzsprout has taken the guesswork out. So if you're ready, go ahead and follow the link in the show notes. That not only lets Buzzsprout know that I sent you, but you'll get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. 
This will also help support my show. Buzzsprout has been the by far the easiest platform ever. It's as simple as dragging and dropping. Super easy. They're super encouraging. They've been motivated. I've been doing this for almost seven months. At the time of this recording, I have almost 200 downloads. And maybe that's not a, a lot to some people, but it is to me. It's encouraging. Every week I get to see my show has been downloaded. I get new tips and I'm actually going to try out a few new things on social media that I read on the Buzzsprout newsletter. So sign up today. Check my show notes out. Hurry. I really, really want to hear your show. That's episodes 11 and 12, Fallen Idol and Triangle. Not much to report. One was successful. One was a dud. The other, I, I really don't even understand why they put out Fallen Idol, but maybe he'll pop up again. Maybe we can look forward to seeing Guzzler come back as a rich oil tycoon. Maybe he'll be a villain at some point. I just can't imagine why they introduced him. That's a thing. When you look at first seasons and second seasons of show, they generally don't introduce characters in vain. There's always a reason. There's usually like a, a connection way back when. If you'll go back to episode one of this show, we talked about like the the, the villain origin stories. It's always... A hundred years ago, something happened. The families have been in a tiff ever since. But to introduce a character like this, who would be Bobby's friend, I would imagine he would probably have dirt on Bobby at some point. Maybe, maybe not. It could just be that the studio was not ready for this show to be as successful as it was. So they're just throwing any and everything at the wall. Doesn't matter because we're going to move on from this. Guys, stay tuned. Next episode, we're actually going to discuss Bobby's kidnapping and a rando from the past. Enjoy your week and remember to keep all your drama on TV.